This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Clock and Talk, an Arsenal podcast. I'm your host Tez, you can get me at Guna Tez. And here we are, three points, what a day and um, yeah, clean sheet and I'm joined with by Tony because Schwinn's not with us, he's travelling throughout wherever he fucking goes to. So, um, Tony at Guna, uh, no where are you, at Clock and underscore talk. Tony, how are you buddy? You were just about to read out your own hat, wasn't you? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was. I was thinking, fuck, where am I now? Um, yeah, and Snow's with us too. How are you, Snow? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's here more often than Schwinn, so we should probably give him credit for it. <laughs> we'll, have um, to get him, we'll have to get him a Twitter account. Oh, don't start with all the nonsense Twitter accounts going about. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it will pop up after this show. Watch. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have said any. <laughs> um, um, yeah. How are you, mate? But yeah, I'm good. Uh, very tired. Still recovering from the weekend. I'm not as young as I used to be. That's kind of how age works. <laughs> so um, yeah, still struggling, but cracking on. Cracking on, and um, obviously, you know, it was great to get the three points yesterday. I've seen a little, a couple of people having a little bit of a sook, you know, um, thinking a result was going to be a three nil. I said a three one. That was my predictions, but. Um, well, well, you know, we'll break it down a little bit, but just firstly, I just want to make a quick mention. That's our first clean sheet, I think, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, since April last year. Yeah, but I mean, that sounds a lot of time in months, but obviously we've had like three months off. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's only our second away clean sheet in the league under Emery. It's pretty good. Pretty good to get a clean sheet. Well, it's good to, I mean, I said last season, our first away clean, clean sheet came in April, as you said, uh, in the league. So it's good to get that ticked off so early, obviously, first possible opportunity. Yeah, no, nah, nah, I was happy when I seen that. So, um, OK, let's break down this game. Newcastle United, we're back with the football. So, uh, mate, there was a fair bit of controversy. I don't know if you were on Twitter when you are at the grounds, but... There was a lot of people complaining about this lineup when they first came out with it. Look, I we were pretty close. I don't know if we mentioned Nelson. Um, we did mention Willock. I think I did. Well, I think the only difference was obviously when we recorded Ozil was that we didn't know about Ozil. Yeah. I think apart from that, I think I was pretty. I don't think I was exactly spot on, but I was I was pretty close. And yeah. obviously, I said Pepe 
in the 60 odd and I don't know what minute he came on but it was around then late 60s early 70s so I think it, I, I thought it was all pretty predictable to be honest mm-hmm. so line up that you were quite happy with obviously uh, I wouldn't say happy with it because I, I made a point of when I when I said it on here that that was what I thought he would play, not what I would choose. Um, and, and again, obviously, not blowing my own trumpet, but I was pretty much right. Um, <laughs> again, I, I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway in that he sees these players every day. So we didn't know if Lacazette, how fit Lacazette was or, or how ready Pepe is. The same could be said for Ceballos. Mm. Um, so we can't completely judge on this one. It's not like where you're a few weeks into the season and you've seen everyone and you're purely picking on level of performance and and how they're going to fare against the opposition. This, this, this lineup in the season, obviously his insight and training is worth a lot more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, I obviously we did mention Tuera wouldn't probably feature due to fitness. Um, I just can't remember how much, how many minutes Gwen Doozy got pre-season. He, he didn't play too much in pre-season, um, but I think he was back a bit earlier because he was at the Euro under 21s, not the not the Copa America, which finished earlier. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't have tons of minutes. Yeah. Okay. Right, I might. Um, it's been a long time, <laughs> been three months since we've done a game, so I'm a bit. Not sure where I'm going here, but anyway, we'll figure it out as we go along, as I usually do. Um, first 20 minutes of the opening game, what what do you think? Uh, I thought we was okay. We was solid enough. We wasn't. We didn't look too bright. I think. Um, I mean, the first thing I'm going to say is this playing like the goal kicks being allowed to take in the area is just weird to watch I actually really like it I, I drove back with three friends or two friends and a friend of a friend who I'd never met before and we had the debate about whether we thought it was a good idea like the rule change I really like it but my heart is in my mouth every time we do it um, you just know Arsenal being Arsenal are going to monumentally fuck up at some point um, but yeah it was interesting to see that in the first 20 minutes I thought Chambers started very well and I think when you've been out on loan and people aren't quite sure about you, I know he's had a good preseason, but I think them first 10, 15 minutes are so important to ease yourself into the game. Yeah. And I thought he did. Um, I thought Xhaka had a horrendous start. It felt like the first 15, 20 minutes, everything he'd done, like he just made the bad bad decisions. Even if the pass was completed, it was the, probably not the best option. Um, I mean, Mickey was kept giving the ball away. It's very frustrating from from Mkhitaryan yesterday, but we didn't really come under threat in the first fifteen twenty minutes. And I think when you've got so many changes from from what would be your first string team, and you're going away from home, it's raining, it's cold. I think just staying in the game for the first twenty minutes is not a bad idea. You, you, it's very unlikely you're going to win a game in the first twenty minutes, but you can lose a game in the first twenty minutes. So I think we've probably done the right thing. Hmm. Um. You mentioned Mickey, and oh, <laughs> yeah. that look, let's let's go to the first half because not much really happened in the first half. We we come in the sheds. It was nil nil half time. Um, but Mikatarian, he, geez, that first half of football, that's something he'd, he'd probably wish he'd forget, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean it's weird because he'd done some things that there was probably no other player on the pitch capable of doing. Like I mean, his ball for. The Aubameyang chance, probably I think our only shot on target in the first half, was 
I mean, yeah, I may be going a bit over top, but I wouldn't expect anyone else on, on the pitch to pull that off. It, it was a, a world-class ball. And and had Aubameyang scored, I think we'd all be just saying how good the ball was. But that was literally the only thing right he done. And it was probably the hardest thing he had to do, to, to, to weight that right and get it over the defender, but still give Aubameyang space to run onto it and hit it. But he was just giving five-yard balls away. He was running into tackles. He was just losing the ball nonstop. It was frustrating because he did do a few other good things. Like he beat two men and then choose the wrong pass or overhit the pass. It just constantly, like, he just didn't, I don't know, I don't know, he didn't look sharp. He didn't look up to the pace of the game, but it wasn't a quick game. It was weird. Are we putting it down? Look, and you did mention Granite as well. And <laughs> in our WhatsApp group, the boys, a few of the boys are taking the piss out of Granite. And look, I don't mind, don't get me wrong. Um, I call it as you know, call a spade a spade as so. But uh, I hate how people just they just have a one track mind for either granite or in yeah, Mikatarium was also a target, and it almost seems as though you don't watch anybody other than them that one or two player week in week week out. It just it bugs yeah. the hell out of me every time, like. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go into that more later after we finish speaking about the game because there's a few things I've been looking at um, that I want to speak about. And I, I thought Granite got a lot better, but the first 20 minutes, mm. he literally just everything was wrong. And again, look, do I like certain players more than others? Yeah, like naturally I do. But as everyone knows, if I think a player's played poor for a whole game or a section of a game, just because I like them, I'm not going to say, oh, no, pretend it didn't happen. And for, for them first 20 especially... He's just like one of my mates worded it perfectly, and he's saying that Granite was not only the captain but probably the senior figure on the pitch. Forget age, like he's the one with the most experience. He's apart from maybe Socrates and and Bamiang, but Bamiang's not really like a leader type of player. Mm. But I mean, he's played in World Cups, which none of the others have done. Like he and he, you couldn't look at that first twenty minutes and say you'd expect him to be the leader of the young kids. When reality, they were showing him up. Mm. Um, but as I said I, I felt he, he improved massively I think sometimes as Arsenal fans we base it on like the first thing we see so if someone's bad for five minutes they like you're, it's automatically in our heads that they're bad they're bad they're bad unless they do something drastic to prove us wrong mm. so if he just if he's bad in the first five minutes and then keeps it simple and does everything okay for the, for the other 90 including stoppage time it goes down as like a bad game because the first thought in your head was bad not just Granite. I think we do that with a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the two yellow cards. Well, there was three as well for um, uh, Newcastle United player. Who was that? Oh, Almiron. Um, Al- yeah. I mean, yeah, that that was an R end, and it you could see in real time. It was a clear dive. I don't know why he done it because with VAR now you're just not going to get away with him. No, nah, no, nah, it was it was real. It was a yeah. He just, he did, he just died, isn't it? Um, Reese Nelson, Mikatarian, 25th, 20 and 37th minute. A couple of yellows there as well for them two chaps. Yeah, I just, I, the only reason I'm going to talk about this is because I've seen a few people like tweeting and questioning about it. Uh, they were both down the other end. They both looked like clear bookings to me, to be honest. Um, I may be wrong, I've not seen replays of them. Um, but a lot of people were moaning about Newcastle players not getting booked. Uh, they said like every challenge we done seemed to be a booking and, and they seem to get away with things. To be honest, again, I've only seen highlights back, but at the game, I didn't think we were particularly hard done by. There was one tackle on Xhaka in the second half that looked quite bad. Again, I've not seen a replay. 
Um, but I didn't feel hard done by in the ground, to be honest. I didn't feel like I had a rescue, booking us for everything and letting them get away with it. Okay, so we're going to the sheds half time. Um, we're all thinking, shit, we've got to come out here and try and grab this game by the scruff of the neck, I suppose. Um, a lot of guy, a lot of people at half time, I was looking through Twitter, calling for Mikatarian's head because we know Emery does make a change. I Look, Mikatarian, he did play pretty much a full game. When a player is is down a little bit on confidence, maybe first game jitters. You know, it's it's the first game, I suppose, of the season. Um, you shouldn't say jitters because he's a professional, but you, you know what I mean. Like just that first game, I type of was I was kind of thinking, oh look, if you if we sub him off, what's that going to do for his his whole confidence? So I was kind of glad that he. He did stay there, even though he didn't really improve much. But I do, you know, like, it's not going to do much for a player's confidence by ship, by hooking him at halftime. I, I don't I, I, I would have dragged him just because, like, yeah, I know what you mean about his confidence, but we're in the in the industry of Arsenal getting points, not of improving Mkhitaryan's confidence. And the way he played in the first half, the amount he gave the ball away, you, it felt like we couldn't basically attack down one side because every time he got the ball, he wasted it pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then no, I agree with that. Giving, oh, I do agree. Started giving the ball away in our own half as well, and that's when you suddenly like, hang on, he's not only killing us offensively. Now suddenly, it's only it only takes one bad ball in our half, they cut it out, put a cross in score, and you're like, well, that's going to kill his confidence even more. Mm. So mm. I think sometimes you're you're saving their confidence by taking them out, but again, his confidence doesn't really matter to me too much because. We're in the we're in the industry of Arsenal getting points. I think the only time you can play for a player's confidence is if you're like four 0 up and the striker hasn't scored for a while, and you just leave him on because you're like get that goal and it, it leaves it takes that pressure off him. Yeah. But that's when points already secures the points and the result comes first, and then you have to worry about the players. Um, it's like if a centre back's having a mare, a centre back say can't play against Aguero, just to name any striker. Yeah. You don't go oh we'll keep him on there and see if he improves and then gets a bit more confident. You think. Fuck that! I don't want to be three 0 down at half time. Like, oh, in the next ten minutes, get him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that with a with a centre back. I, I definitely get that. Well, I, I think just, it's the same every. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I do. Oh, you make a good point there. You do make a good point. Um, uh, Bemiyang, fifty eighth minute. Uh, Maitland Niles assist. Talk us through that. Yeah, I think Ainsley's Ainsley done really well to cut it out. And to be honest, I think it's a goal that probably only really happens in the first week of the season because the pass was clearly short. I don't know why their, their left wing back, who had only just come on, didn't go and attack the ball. He seemed to wait for it. Again, he's new to the league. Maybe he's not used to people closing down like that. I don't know. I'm trying to make any excuses for him, and, and maybe there isn't any. But Ainsley done really well to read it. Obviously showed his pace. We know he's quick. Um, he done really well to get his head up, because even in the stands, we was kind of shouting in for him to slide Mkhitaryan in over, on the overlap. Horrible defending from the cells. I rate the cells, but... You've got to stay with the danger man. Don't don't. He left the Bamiyang and pulled into the potential overlap to Mikatarian, which was just completely the wrong option. But Ainsley done really well to get his head up. Um, I, look, he gets a lot of stick from Arsenal fans, and I was saying to people after the goal, everyone's going like, "What's going on about a Bamiyang?" And I was like, look, "We have to give Ainsley credit for that because we sure as hell fucking like bash him when he does something wrong." And it was like, "Oh yeah, but we expect that from him. He's a good footballer. Like we know he can play football, but..." That doesn't mean that you don't get credit for it. We know Aubameyang can score goals. We still fucking chanted his name when he scored correctly. Like, obviously, we want to chant his name. Mm-hmm. But I think people were that probably aren't giving Ainsley enough credit for 
for what happened then. And to be honest, I'm not, look, Bellerin is clearly a better right back than, than Ainsley. I'm not trying to create like a divide between them, but I don't think Bellerin gets that assist because he doesn't get his head up as well. Mm, okay. Sabias um, came on, 64th minute. Woolock went off. Uh, raised a couple of eyebrows. I, I, I didn't know it did until like late last night. I was looking on Twitter. Willock was absolutely fucked. Uh, he put it all in. For me, he was the best player on the pitch while well, his time on the pitch in them 63 minutes or whatever it was. But he, he was knackered. I mean, he limped. He had a bit of a heavy challenge just before he went off. He kind of half limped off the pitch. He, he, he lost the pace of the game where he was just too tired to keep up with it. it uh, for me, it wasn't a reflection of performance, but he'd run his Sweetness. race. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. no, okay, no, because that's that's my. You're at the ground, so you see this, I suppose, more than we do on TV. So yeah. No. Well, that's. I mean, no, they're literally. Again, I'm, I'm not saying my viewpoint or my opinion is better than anyone else, but they're not a single person in the ground questioned it. You could just see he was out on his feet, and it was only literally like I got home, didn't I looked at Twitter a little bit, but it was like late at night. Like I think even after I'd watched the highlights, I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I saw someone say, "Oh, like horrendous sub. What's Emery doing?" and it's like literally, it was like having a one-legged man. I think, I think, yeah, no, and I think probably that. Look, and I'm not saying I'm, I don't know. Could be wrong, but I think everybody was expecting probably Mkhitaryan to come off because he he was pretty poor. Um, and you, oh, said, yeah, I'm not so. doubting Willock. As I said, for me, Willock was the best player on the pitch. Yeah, but, but that makes sense if you say fitness. Yeah, if I yeah, can't run, he's no use. Nah, no. exactly. Makes sense. The uh, Pepe came on. Nelson went off 71st minute. Uh, Again, similar with Nelson. Similar, he he yeah. ran his race. Like he, he had a bit more left than Willock. Willock was like his tank was empty when he came off. Nelson had a little bit more in him, but. Like he, he was running close to empty. The red light was on in petrol terms. Okay. Um, okay, let's just touch quickly on Pepe. Uh, I know it was only a couple of, you know, 20 minutes or something he played. Thoughts on what you're seeing? Uh, he didn't have enough time to really do anything or didn't have the chance to really do anything. Um, the very first time, I don't think he'd touched a ball yet, and their left back or left wing back, whatever it was, just like breezed past him, and I thought. He isn't going to get if he's that much of a defensive liability because we've all seen him attacking all the time and I don't know what he's like defensively. So but their, their guy breezed past him and I thought he ain't going to get away with that. But then after that, he was really good. He tracked back really well. He helped out. Uh, he used his strength and, and, and height a couple of times to win a few free kicks. We can't sit here and say he was brilliant, but didn't do anything wrong. He had one misplay. He went to play the back, throw on back to Maitland-Niles. I actually think it was Maitland-Niles' fault. He should have stood still and taken the ball because he's throwing it to Pepe's weaker foot. That's a very hard ball to Pepe to flick around the corner when it was only so tight to the touchline as well. Um, but apart from that, nothing nothing wrong but nothing right, nothing really. I just want to touch, go quickly back to Sabias because um, uh, my thoughts, there was a few other people thinking the same thing. He looked a little bit lost compared to what we'd seen in pre-season. I think he's into it. His first, I think his first, I saw a stat, I don't know if it's true. I think of his first five touches, he gave the ball away four times or didn't retain the ball four times, whether it was out of five. I mean, his very first touch, he tried to flick on the halfway line. And I question the the mentality of someone who'd watched a game he'd watched from the bench and then tries that as their first touch. But I thought he grew into it. He linked really well. Uh, he, he's very neat and tidy, plays clever passes. He did play one horrendous pass across our box. Um, that got cut out but I thought he grew into it 
Uh, he didn't seem phased. He didn't. He seemed up for the battle. Where I thought maybe, obviously, going from the Bernabeu to to Newcastle away um, in the rain, where there's tackles flying in, I didn't know if he'd shy away from it, but he didn't. Um, obviously, the, the only thing we're ever going to read about is him blocking that goal kick at the end, which I, I rate. I would have booked him for it, but I thought it was brilliant. Done exactly the right thing. That's great game management. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you'll know, and everyone listening will know how much I moan about game management. I think we're horrendous at it. So just something like that is so stupid. And as I said, for me, I would have booked him. But it shows great game management. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Granite Shacker, 81st minute yellow card. Trying to think of that. What that was. Oh, no, he got himself. He was, he was so stupid. So I've not seen the replay. So I don't actually know if it was a foul or not. But the ref was going to play on. And Granite apologised so many times that the ref felt like he had to give the free kick and booked it. He wouldn't have got booked. <laughs> Fuck. Is that what, I was trying to think what it was. Yeah, it was yeah, over on okay. our like attacking left touch line. It was the right side of where I was. So their right back area. Yep. Yeah, idiot. Um, Martinelli came on, 84th minute. Mkhitaryan finally goes off, and Arsenal fans, I think, don't fuck for that. But, look, I, uh, 84th minute sub for me is just... You're up one nil up, eighty fourth minute. We we got a sub to use, and uh, you know we're trying to kill a bit of time, I suppose. No, I think it was more he wanted. He just wanted like the pace in behind. So if we if they started pushing on, trying to get a, an equaliser, which was obviously expected, mm. them to try equaliser, not to get it, then we had pace on the break. And even getting into the corners, there was a few times where that Martinelli didn't really have time to do anything. But there was a few times we just kind of arrowed the ball into the corner, and he chased it. And a couple of times he kept it, a couple of times it went off. Uh, but, do you know what I mean? It all kills time. Yeah, yeah. Um, mate, anything else you want to wrap on that type of game? Because, you know, there may be a little few talking points I've missed that you may have seen at the ground and, and you've had conversations about. Um, nothing I really remember. I mean, obviously, we're going to do, like, man in a match in a minute, and there's a few points I want to make on that. But... Um, no, no, nothing. No more game incidents, really. It was, it was a game where not really much happened. Yeah, yeah, I know. Also, I will say, I think that I'm not Nelson's biggest fan. I think a lot of Arsenal fans overrate him. But I thought he played well yesterday. I thought he not that he wasn't stand up. He was very tidy. Mm. Um, I, I wish he took more ch- chances more often, like going at his defender and risk losing the ball. But again, maybe that's a little bit of confidence. Maybe it's like, oh, I'm just getting in the team. I don't want to make mistakes. But I think it was a big problem with Arsenal as a whole yesterday. We didn't want to make mistakes in the attacking third. But that's where brilliance comes from. When you try something, obviously something can come off. Whereas I think we were safe so many times that it was quite easy to defend against. And and we didn't really create any chances, Um, like clear, clear chances. Probably the Mkhitaryan miss, the goal. I don't really think there's anything else that you go, oh, that was a clear should score chance. And I think that's because we was too safe. But with, with the team we had out, it was all about just grinding the three points no, like any way possible. Just come away with three points. Because I was going to ask you, act- what did you think he's tech? What, what was the tech? Because we've spoke about a few last year where it was a bit miss. We didn't really know. But did you see a... a, a- where he was going yesterday, Emery? Oh, I mean, look, he played a clear four-two-three-one, um, and as I said, it was just all about that. It was never going to be a pretty game, not with them players out. And, and this is something me and my friends were talking about on the way back. Of that starting eleven yesterday, in our strongest team with everyone fit, if, if suddenly there was a magic pill and all of our players were fit tomorrow, 
How many of them 11 do you think start for Arsenal? Probably Chambers or Bemiang. In our, in our strongest 11, you think two? Uh, look, I've, I've, I like Chambers. I, I really... Oh, Granite. He, well, fuck, I don't know. Um, because I like Sabias, Torreira's probably there. Tierney will be on the left. Whether you put um, Socrates or Luiz, I don't know. Chambers, Bellerin will be there. Maitland Niles will be gone. Pepe, Lacazette, Abemiang, and Ozil. So, yeah, probably two or th- probably two. Three. Let's so say I- three. I'll say three because I think Granite will be obviously the captain. So Granite will probably start. Yeah, so there, there was there was three of us in the car, and I said four, which would have been Leno, Socrates, oh, Leno, sorry, and, of course, yeah, Leno, yeah, Leno, Socrates, Jacker, and Aubameyang, and so someone else agreed with me, and then someone else said three, and it was Jacker, the one that missed out of the the thing. So let's just go on the, the the four side of things because it's more. Say we had four starters. There's not many teams that go away in the Premier League with seven non seven first team players that like seven starters not playing mm. and get a result. So you're, ne- you're not going to go there with seven players out and absolutely play them off the park and win 3-0. So it is just a result where you, ju- you just need to get the result. I said, even, look, City and Liverpool are better than us. Let's not kid ourselves. But if City, I mean, say Liverpool, if they only had from their first team Alisson, Van Dijk, Salah and Henderson, they'd struggle. Mm. And they are a lot better than us. So... It, look, it's, it's a good result, and it's but, just but something. Now do, but now, yeah, no, I saw it. So now do that with a B team, City. <laughs> no, but even City again, like, they, of course they they're better than us. I'm not doubting that. But if they only had Edison, I don't even know who their main centre back is. Stones, Fernandinho, and Aguero. Mm. So no Serling, no Sane, no Bernardo Silva. Like, well, actually, you probably put Sane in it, but because he doesn't start. But as I said, of their first, first choice 11, Sterling wouldn't be there. Bernardo wouldn't be there. Kevin De Bruyne wouldn't be there. You'd look at that City team and think, fucking hell, we've got a chance today, if that was the team that we were playing against. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm not saying they wouldn't be good, because they would still have Mahrez, Sane, but they'd be a hell of a lot weaker. Yeah, they got depth, though, City. That's the fucking problem. No, I'm not. I'm saying they're a lot better than us, but yeah, it'd be yeah, a hard yeah, task yeah. for any team in the league to go without seven starters well, and go and win a play. Yeah, no, we we did well. I think we did well. Did you say Chambers in your starting? No. 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 Ooh, interesting. Socrates and Holden for me. Interesting. Okay. Um. Okay, so this year I've decided we're going to do a different way of man of the match instead of just rattling off one man of the match and all the going, yeah, we agree with Tony, yeah, we agree with Schwinn. We'll do a 3-2-1, and at the end of the season I'm going to add them up, the 3 2 So, if, you know, if you give a Lacazette three points in seven games and whatnot, so ideally at the end of the season we should have an outcome of who, in our mind, might be the, should, well, should be the player... Arsenal player of the season so we'll run with that I was umming and ahhing about doing a 3-2-1 for the worst but then I thought about it and I thought well just nah. uh, this is the first time <laughs> hearing it yeah I know we, we, we haven't really idea. Like, that is a really really bad idea yeah so we won't do a negative 3-2-1 
but we'll do positive three, two, one, man of the match, two points, one point. And that way, at the end of the season, we can look at the um, uh, look at who our, our top player was for this, each of us. And I reckon it'll be different with each of us. So, um, so fire away for your three points. Well, just sorry, just because I said I wanted to speak about like a round man and a match and, and, and stuff anyway. So before I do a three, two, one, I saw that I assume you or someone done a poll on Clock and Talk. Wasn't me. No, nah, it was um, um, and, Oliver. Oliver was hand on the Twitter last okay. night. Okay, and, uh, and 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 Maitland Niles won it. In the ground, literally, there was like, oh, Maitland Niles was like not shaky, but just bang average. So it really surprised me. And then there was something else I saw that oh, I've seen loads of people give it to Gwen Doozy. I thought he was terrible. Not terrible, that's not fair. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, in the comments, yeah, I did see a lot of Gwendoosie comments too, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he was not good at all. A terrible harsh. he wasn't, mm. he wasn't bad. But like, so then, obviously everyone knows I'm not really a stats person, but I thought maybe I've seen it completely differently. I've not seen the whole 90 minutes again because I can't sit through that. Watch the highlights, obviously he wasn't really in it, but you don't expect him to, it's, it's kind of, he's never a person that's going to be in too many highlights. So I actually went and looked at stats last night. He had less touches than Xhaka, less completed passes, less of them passes were forward and made less tackles. Mm. And everyone's saying he had an amazing game. Uh, Less key chances created, less chances created. I I said it to the boys in the WhatsApp group the other night, last night. I said, Gwen Doozy, he he looks busy. I reckon, look, check on your stats how many? I've not got that. I looked last night. Yeah, no, I know, but but after later, how many how many kilometres he covered compared to Granite? And I, I reckon it'd be right up there because he just seems like I, I I call it like he runs around like a headless chook, you know. But in saying that, he, he just he always looks busy. So every time you look, you're watching the game. There's Gwen Doozy. He pops up here and there. You know, he doesn't do anything amazing, but he's just there. I just felt yesterday he gave the ball away cheaply a lot of times. As I said, he had he had less passes than Jacker, less completed passes. Less of them were forward, so you'd presume easier because it's easier to pass backwards than it is forward. And gave the ball away more. Like for me, that's not really acceptable. If you're if you're playing the safe pass, then it has to be safe. You can't play the easy passes and then still give it away. I was really really surprised when I saw that people were giving him man in a match. I don't really understand. And look, people can correct me. I'm not saying I'm more knowledgeable and, and everything I say is right. Although it usually is. Um, but I, I don't... <laughs> Did you just go there? I took you a while. Um, I don't really get for what reason people are, people are giving him man in the match. And look, I'm not saying Jack was anywhere near man in the match. He would be towards the bottom end of the level of performances for me. But Gwen Deasy really frustrated me yesterday. Like, And then I came home and saw... Everyone going, oh, he's up there for man in a match, or there's loads of comments. How have you not put Gwen Doozy in it? I think I saw two different, um, two different like ratings. One from who scored, and the other one was Foot Mob or whatever it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 and he was he scored half decent on them, or one of them, and on the other one he didn't. And all the comments were questioning, like, oh, did you not watch the game? How is Gwen Doozy? Like, it was that. What's that? What's the what's the Mo account called now? It was that they posted it, and all the comments were like. Oh yeah, um, how did you not watch the game? Guendouzi was much better than the, whatever score he got, and then other people were saying well, it's a statistical model, blah blah blah. Mm. But 
Yeah, I was just really surprised. I don't know, look, you may have seen it different and, and, and thought it was amazing, or some of the people listening obviously did because they were the people commenting saying that that they thought he was man in the match. I just I don't see how, how, where, or why. No, no. I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, give us your three, two, one. Go three first, and then I'll give my three, and then you go two, and I'll go two, and we'll go one, one. And I'll write these down, and then at the end of the, like I said, the end of the season, we hopefully will have somebody a standout player. Uh, I'll go Bamiyang uh, for free. Look, he won the game. Uh, I actually thought it was a more. It's interesting with Bamiyang because he always gets shit about not running the channels, not holding the ball up, having shit link up play. And, and yesterday, he didn't obviously make as many chances for himself. I thought he was actually quite good at most of them things, which is quite unlike him. But it's one of the things, when he doesn't do it, he gets not criticised, but people question him. But when he does do it, no one notices it or praises him. And I think that's probably a bit unfair. So when he has done that and he has scored the winning goal, he has made the difference. Then I think you've probably got to give him man in a match. I don't think he was brilliant. I don't think anyone was. I wouldn't give anyone above an 8 out of 10, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I was kind of hoping you would go different, but yeah, I've, I've got a Bamiang as a 3 2. So, um, as you say, like, you know, when you score the winning goal, it's a 1 0. Not much happened. You, you, you've got to give him the man of the match, I feel. I don't yeah. think. I, no, I'm not criticising Oliver. I don't know if he was in the poll. Was he in the poll? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I he was, he was. How did he go? Because I voted just to see what the scores were like. Yeah. Um, and I was again. I was in the back of the car with my friend, and he was like overlooking over my shoulders. I was on the phone, and uh, and he was amazed that Maitland Niles was even in it. And I said, oh, "I'll just press a Bamiyang because I think it was, but I want to see like the percentages." He was like, "What's Maitland Niles doing?" There? And he's a huge Maitland Niles fan. My mate, I go to games with, like he loves him. But he was like, "What's Maitland Niles doing there?" And then when I pressed it, and Maitland Niles had like forty percent of the vote at the time. He was like, "What?" <laughs> and don't get me wrong, he wasn't bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. literally no. Like Maitland Niles stand out. He done amazing for the goal, and he made a couple of recovery tackles. Um, but yeah, we was we was both really shocked. Okay, give us your two. Uh, Willock only because he didn't play long enough. He was the best player on the pitch while he was there. He was a, but he was while he was on the pitch, he was better than the Bamiyang. But he, he was he was he played what sixty minutes. So mm, mm. I really give someone man a match on that. When unless again, if he come if he scored two goals in them sixty minutes, it's different. I'm going to go um, Maitland-Niles for two. <laughs> and I know you're sitting there thinking, fuck. But, look, he gets the assist. Um, I think he was pretty – I think he was good. Uh, it was a game that didn't do a lot. But I keep looking at this this kid and I think, you're playing out of position. You are playing as a right back. Yes, OK, you've played quite a few games there now. But you – you still perform like you still. You, you don't. I don't sit there and think, "Fuck, here we go." Maitland Niles is here again. Shit, look out, he, mate. He was. I thought he was pretty good yesterday. Um, I've got no no qualms with Maitland. I was saying he was bad. We were yeah, just I amazed know. when it was like, "Oh, he's clearly like people clearly thought he was a man in a match." Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So yeah, I'll, I'll give him two, Maitland Niles. Uh, you won. Uh, Chambers thought he was solid. I think he made one mistake. In, in the in the whole game and nothing major I, I did see people commenting that when he was clearing the ball he gave it away a lot but I didn't mind that because he was the one that was willing to just clear it when like Emery will probably blame him for that he'll probably say look you've got to find the pass out we, we pass out from the back but 
for me, he done what I don't mind seeing. When you're under pressure and you don't want to try a fiddly little ball, just fucking hit the corner and tell Aubameyang to chase it. And if they get the ball back, at least they're 60 yards away and there's no pressure. Um, but I think defensively, he was pretty solid. He handled, especially early on, uh, he handled Joe Ellington, however you say it, pretty well. Um, yeah, encouraging to see, especially when you, he was like, there was questions about him before the game. Like, is he up to the level? Has he got the composure? Obviously, we've sent him out on loan twice. Do they really like him or is he just there because everyone else is injured and whatnot? When people were talking about bringing David Luiz in, it was for Chambers. Like They were saying, oh, maybe David Luiz will start ahead of Chambers. So I think with all of that and the way he performed, I would, yeah, I think he'd probably third best. Oh, I'm going to a little bit different. I Look, I agree Chambers was good as well, but I'm just going to give one point to Leno. Um, you know, it's not often you get a you get a clean sheet and there was a crack, a cracking shot, I think it was just before half-time. There wasn't many shots on target. But there was one that I was like, he just saved, he just saved that, he just saved the arse. Then. Um, I don't know if you remember it or not, but what the Joe Ellington one was straight at him. It was straight at him. It was straight at him. But like, it's still, he, you know, like if he had a, if he had a fucking let it go, he, you know, you'd be all going, oh fuck, Leno fucked up and blah blah blah. Yeah, so. but yeah, but that doesn't mean because it is a, because he hasn't done that. It's a great save. Oh, I thought it was a pretty good save. I'd have been fuming if that went in. <laughs> I know you would have been pissed right off. Um, uh, tried to get him subbed off, and they will just start a process. <laughs> yeah. no, so, so I give a one point, and like based based on a clean sheet as well. Um, even though there wasn't many shots, it probably should be going all, uh, to a centre back. But I'll just get something different. Again, uh, uh, we've all, we've done our three two ones, and he probably wouldn't be in it. But Nacho's had a lot of like criticism from us. Incl- our podcast fans in general his legs are gone he can't do it anymore I thought that was the most Nacho Monreal performance of like five years ago where he was solid he was dependable wasn't ever fantastic he was never a 10 out of 10 but you could rely on him and, and he was like that. he cut out loads of balls drove forward didn't really give the ball away so maybe just maybe we've, we've judged Nacho too early mm. I don't think we have I still think his legs are gone but he had a good game yeah, yeah he did um, just quickly, so clock and talk dot blogspot dot com. Um, Liam, he done the ratings this week. His man of the match was Maitland Niles. He give him a nine. Chambers a seven. Leno a seven. Uh, who else was your other one? A Bamiyang an eight. So his three two one would have been Maitland Niles three. Two for Bemiyang and one either for Leno, Chambers, Socrates, who all got, oh no, Joe Willock, 7.5. What did he give Granduzzi? Uh, an eight. There you go. Uh, Sorry, you your one would have been eight. Granduzzi. Yeah. Uh, I looked it morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, when it posted, but I don't know if it was this morning or this yeah, afternoon, but when it was. posted it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Granduzzi and eight. So he's would have been, yeah. Okay, um... I just want to touch quickly on... So, did you watch many other games over the weekend? Only a very small highlights package because I was out getting intoxicated on Saturday and then I was driving back on the Wilder Games run yesterday. So, I've seen the goals from every game, but that's pretty much it. No, it's all right. I just wanted to touch briefly because it is first week um, on VAR. 
Um, have you heard much about it? Uh, any controversial so, coming out of it or anything that you've thought? Yeah, I mean, look, I've seen people moaning. My issue is because I didn't see the games in time, like as they were on, I've only seen highlights. So if something took 20 minutes, obviously this is an exaggeration. If a decision took 20 minutes to give, I don't know that. I've only just seen this is what happened and this is a decision of what, if I think it was right or wrong. My, my biggest problem with VAR long term is going to be how long it takes to reach the decisions. If decisions are taking five minutes to give, it's not good enough. But because I didn't watch these games, I, I don't know if that is the case. I think the big talking point is probably the Wolves-Leicester game. Uh, the decision was right. Again, I don't know how long it take to, to come to it, mm. but the rules have changed. And under the new rules, whether we, I don't particularly agree with it, but under the rules, the decision was right. And people can moan all they want. That, again, if they disagree with it, it's not a VAR issue. They're like me. They disagree with the rules. Mm-hmm. But VAR got it absolutely spot on. And there's no way a linesman could have spotted that or a referee could have spotted that. And people are going, oh, well, if it wasn't before, then... But we're getting VAR in to get everything accurate and right. And that's what it's done. It's it's given the right decision that a referee poss- it, could, it would have been impossible to see. And that is literally the whole point in it. As I said, I get the rule is shit, but as long as that is the rule, you can't blame VAR for giving that as a handball. No, I, I caught most games over the weekend. Um, it was pretty good. I have no complaints with it, and usually I do have plenty of complaints with it. I think there was, uh, you know, I've got written here seven checks in total. Two decisions were overturned. five in one game, wasn't there? I know people were moaning uh, about that. West Ham, Man City, City, there was a few a in was Yeah, there was a few in that game. Um, mate, I, I, I'm, I usually criticise it because I see it here. I've seen it in the Italian league and it's absolutely fucking shit. I, I have to, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, the Man City game, I've written that wrong. There were seven in the Man City-West Ham game with two decisions overturned. Just that one game. Yeah, I mean, and that was the first one as well, which probably yeah. doesn't. I mean, the first one of the weekend. I know Liverpool played on Friday. Um, I've seen people saying like, oh, I think one of them was given by six millimeters or something, and, and people are going, oh, that that shouldn't be the case because it's so marginal. You don't get an advantage. Again, your problem is with the rule. I'm not. I'm not like a huge VAR fan, but hmm. the rule is if any part of your body that can play the ball is in front of the defender, you're offside. It doesn't matter if it's a millimeter or, or a mile. So people are blaming VAR for that, but again, your issue is with the rule. I think they might have been talking about the Sterling goal. I don't know if you yeah, yeah, it. Is, yeah, yeah, that's what they're talking. Uh, it made oh, fucking half a bee's dick. Like, I, and, yeah, and I don't know how VAR could pick it up. I don't think you could. Like, uh, but again, your it. problem is with the rule, not with VAR. VAR is enforcing the rules. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Look, it was. It is what it is. But I, I don't. I couldn't tell he was offside. If it was offside. Well, I mean, look, six millimetres, you wouldn't be able to see. I couldn't see it on the TV. No, oh, I mean, six millimetres is a crazy, like... Yeah, yeah. It's fucking it's... half a centimetre. There's, there's no way you could possi- possibly see that. No. Nah. My, my argument, and I was talking... Uh, one of my friends, you know, this works for Sky Sports, um, and I was driving back with him yesterday, <laughs> and Arsenal have got... I think it's called True Cam. I can't remember what it's called, but it works 360 degrees, so they would actually be able to get these decisions... 100% spot on without a doubt and I said oh, so at the Emirates they're going to be using that for VAR because you literally cannot argue with it if you've ever seen it like it basically makes a 3D picture of the pitch you can walk around the pitch with the players there oh, yeah. um, we were the first club in England to get it I think uh, he, he told me there's three now us City and uh, Tottenham have all got it Real Madrid have had it for years but there's only 
but apparently VAR ain't allowed to use that because it has to be an equal playing field. So uh, because it's not available at 17 other grounds, um, it, it's not allowed to be used. But that that's a bit annoying because if mm. you're going to go the technology route, I want the best technology. I see their point. I do see their point, but... Oh, no, no, I completely get it. But the, um, but the reason why be, hasn't been brought in before. But they should but, be put the, stump the money up, mate, and get it at every ground. Yeah, I mean, especially with the money the Premier League plays. I don't know who pays for it. I don't know if Arsenal personally paid for it or or whatnot. But if it the money the Premier League makes, they should be funding all the clubs to get it. Because then, as I said, it might have only been six millimetres the other day. And I've seen pictures and I've seen pictures from other angles and you're still questioning it. Because they've used a, an image and they've said it's six millimetres offside. And then someone else is using the image and it looks a little bit like, or maybe still onside. But with this, like, as I said, it's either called live view or true view. I can't remember, or true cam. But it, it's literally, under, you can't argue with it. Mm. Um, and That's as I said, true. if you're going to use technology, you should use the better. It's like having goal line technology and there's a better version, but you're just going, this. oh, this one kind of works. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems silly to me. Yeah. Um, okay, well, no, nah, look, I just thought I'd touch on that because it was pretty, you know, there's lots of chat over it, uh, about it after the, not today, I've seen lots and lots of chat. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as I said, that Sterling decision and the, and the Wolves one are the two that I've really heard questioned, but mm. again, comes down to you disagree with the rules. Yeah, 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 I was just thinking, yeah, I was, I was just reading the Wolves one too, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bit controversial. Um, so I'll touch on that every week, but that yeah, we'll see. Uh, that one, that one. Okay, we'll be back right after this a little break with your questions. I'm Midnight Agent Raw, and I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. Each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, video games, and much more. Put your shades on and listen to all episodes on SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, shades on, we're off. Okay, so we're back now and we'll answer your questions. You two can get your questions to us, um, usually, uh, usually about an hour or two after the game at clock and underscore talk. Uh, Sandeep says, Tony could close an edge play at right back while we wait for Hector. I would love to see Maitland-Niles playing as a right mid in games where we rest Pepe. He's probably playing a right wing. Yeah, I mean, he played there once last season against Liverpool and scored, but it just really didn't go well. Um, he's not got that attacking instinct. I'm talking about Maitland-Niles, obviously. Um, Kolasinac, look, he can't defend when his foot's on the right side, as in his he's left foot is on the left side. So... I doubt it and also he wouldn't be able to he can't cross the ball with his right foot so even if he does bomb forward he has to take different touches which I very much doubt he's able to do he wouldn't be able to cut it back as well because the ball would be on his weaker foot Um, I mean there's a reason that these guys in general are specialists in his positions Uh, I I think it'd be an absolute car crash if he was to play on that side I think if anything Mm. once everyone's fit if we do need uh, another backup right back it would be either Chambers or I mean, I don't think Mustafi will be there, but I think both of them are ahead of a potential of Kolasinac at left back, uh, right back, sorry. Chambers is going to feature heavily this season, I feel. This is his year. I don't know, because I think once everyone's fit, I'm not sure if he becomes a fourth-choice defender. It's look, Again, I said this about someone the other day when we was recorded. He's got an audition now. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's, there. he's there in the time. 
yeah, the, the shirt's his now. Keep it. Um, did we loan? Did we loan Mafropana? See No. No, he's injured. Ah, fucking poor cunt. He's always injured. I was surprised he was in the. Unve- I mean, they finally unveiled the third kit today, which I was beginning to think was a bit of a myth. Mm. Um, <laughs> he was in the video. It really surprised me. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, Sandeep says one away win and a clean sheet the defence seemed to be good and I can't be too critical of the team but I felt we lacked creativity without Ozil what are your thoughts? I, I completely agree and I think looking at that the, the three behind the Bamiyang before the game you can kind of see why we've got Mkhitaryan who is, is, is hit and miss is probably the nicest thing I could say about him Um Willock isn't really a 10. He's not a creative force. He's a driving force. I think ideally you'd have him in a flat three. Um, and, and then Nelson, who I think has one Premier League start before any other Premier League start has been like when we're playing basically a reserve team because we've got a Europa League game on the Thursday. So I looked at that even before the game and thought we're really going to struggle to create today because we didn't have any creators. And, and with Nelson being like an inverted winger, he wasn't ever going to get to the byline and whip the balls in for a Bamiyang. Um, Nacho doesn't get forward as much as, as Kolasinac so again he was never really going to get to the byline and, 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 and smash balls across so I think that was probably quite predictable before the game that we wasn't really going to create too much Lewis says any idea on the wages of our new signings not a clue no idea no um Hack on Larson, first three points in the bag, considering all the players missing from the starting 11. I think we did okay. Some periods were very good control and some periods where we couldn't control anything overall. The first game is all about the points. I disagree. Completely agree. Said earlier, it was just about scraping it through. Hack on also says, uh, where do you guys see Willock and the formation will suit him? What formation will suit him best? I think he would be best in the midfield three. Yeah, I mean, look, I said way months ago that I thought we were going to play a 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, as soon as we were linked with Zaha, it was at the time, not Pepe. As soon as we were strongly linked and it looked like that was a target, uh, I mean, it was Zaha, Everton, um, we were linked with, like, wingers. I said then I, I thought we were going to play a three, um, which kind of lends itself to a three in the middle. And, and I, I think, yeah, that probably is what suits Willett best. Uh, I think that's probably his best chance of getting a prolonged run in the team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, to what? Granite. Who who goes there? Chip Sabias. Granite. Well, it, it said it depends. It's going to be on, on his type of game. It's the manager's decision, isn't it? Mm. Uh, could we see uh, back three with Lewis? In the middle, as a ball carrier, Louis is very good on the ball and can can see us do do this in home games. Actually, not against top five teams, though. That, that's, that's definitely his best position, um, at the centre of a back three. And I think when Chelsea, the, the year they won the league under Conte, them changing to that system and him playing there is what won them the league. Uh, I don't know if we will do it too much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. It's funny because I, I think it's more likely he does it against the, the other teams in the top six because, you know, when you're comfortable on the ball, David Luiz can half do a job at, uh, in holding midfield. 
so when you're when you're attacking and you're confident, he can sit as a holding midfielder. But when you're under the cosh, which you're more likely to be against the top six side, he can slot in and make it a back five, and he can do that quite comfortably. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think we'll do it too often, but I think there's more chance of us doing it against the bigger sides. Um, could you see a back three? We've just read that. <laughs> Fair play to Chambers and Socrates. Uh, they did very well, no bullshit back there. Only went in hard and did the job. Uh, do you think Emery would change it up against Burnley, says Hakon? This is a very interesting question, not just on them two either. Uh, I mean, my answer to them two is, is no, but as I said earlier, we had what we would call seven starters out. Of course, none, not all of them will be available by Burnley, but some will. And can you go and make four changes on the back of a win? I would, to be I, honest. I would. Uh, not, well, not all of them. I would keep... I think Socrates and Chambers will still play against Burnley. Um, it's a big, tough physical test, so I think it will be them too. But I think Pepe and Lacazette come back in, so that's two changes. And, and for me, I would... Nelson goes out, Mkhitaryan comes out, Guendouzi comes out, or Willock, one of them too. So I think there's a few changes to be made at Burnley, and it is a it's a tough decision. It's, it's, he has to make changes, but it is also hard to win and then go and make that many changes because if you don't win, people go, oh, you broke a winning formula and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. We'll touch a little bit more on Burnley game after the, at the end of the pod and so have a think about it. Um, we need to step up in the next game of the tempo. The movement looked too casual, a big part of the game. We had some glimpses where we we just turned it turned it up and suddenly was their box in box in the, in those moments I think like what the fuck is wrong with us uh, we can if we want to says Hakon I kind of disagree I don't think anything really came from the, the free behind about me at any point like I mean you look at the goal it was from our full back you look at Apart from that one Aubameyang chance I talked about earlier when Mickey dinked it over, you, t- you look at the one where it went to the roof of the net, it was a ball from Xhaka in behind. If you look at the one where Mkhitaryan blasted it over, it was a ball from Xhaka to Monreal. I just think that them three are just not very creative by nature. It's not saying they're bad players. I mean, Mkhitaryan's the most creative of them three. He just had a bad game. But, but Nelson and, and Willock, I mean, I said for me, Willock was playing way too high anyway. And and Nelson isn't really a creator. So, said for me, as soon as I saw the team, I thought that was going to be a problem. And I don't think there was a case of we turn it on at any point. It's just you can't expect Granite to, to be creating chances every time he has the ball. And that's or, what I no, think a lot of people think, that when Granite gets the ball, oh, well, he's going to... But he's, he's, he's not that. It, he's, he's an excellent passer of the game. Like, the art of passing is brilliant. But does he track back enough? No. Does he get back in defending enough? No. Look, he's getting better, but he's, he's a bit slow on the turn and things like that. But, you know, when you look at an Ozil, even Sabias, and, you know, this Pepe coming in on the right wing, you've got Lacazette, Aubameyang, that's when we're at our best. And that's when I think we're gonna, you're going to see Arsenal at the best. But you're not going to see Granite creating... Oh, look, I mean, he he passes the ball forward, so law of averages, he's going to oh, make well, things technically, happen. Technically, yeah. If you want to call that creating, then, well, yeah. He's going to go no, that's, I mean, my, that's, my, my point was more that the question said at times we turn it on, and I just don't think we did. I don't think 
in the whole game, I think Mkhitaryan created one chance, Willock and, and Nelson didn't create any. Mm. So it wasn't just a period of turning it on. It was just there happened to be a couple of good runs, two good runs from Aubameyang and one from Monreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we was really bunk going forward, but as I said, I don't care. The, the, we just had to get the job done by any means necessary, and we did that. And just looking at it on TV, I thought, who the fuck would live there? Like, what a cunt of a place. Pissing down I mean, rain. What a miserable Alcohol thing. is so cheap. Is it? <laughs> yeah. And it's always freezing, but the people wear very little. So there's, it's easy to get drunk, and there's very good views. It's definitely on the I mean, bucket list I, to go there. Though, if I was there, I'd be dead by like 35. <laughs> um, I just because you were there, and we just talked talk about the people and whatnot. Was there much big protest going on with Newcastle? Is there? Nah, not at all. They're, oh. they're, I spoke to a few of their fans before the game. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of empty seats. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what the commentators were saying. A lot of empty seats, and all. Oh, no. Interesting. Yeah, like, I mean, because it was pissing, because it was pissing down. They didn't really protest outside the ground, which we was half expecting. I spoke to a few in the pub before who, who said they were not going, um, but it wouldn't be like a visual presence because of the weather. Yeah. Um, okay. There was so a few that said, look, we know you're not going to protest. You've come all this way to see Arsenal, but can you not buy anything in the ground just to try and obviously stop the money coming into Ashley so he fucks off? Mm. Um, so, um, I see their but, frustration, poor council. Like, fuck all. I don't know what the end game is with Ashley. It's just... It's all about money. I think the club... I was listening to something on the radio the other day and I think he basically brought it pretty much the perfect time in terms of when the TV money and stuff started coming in. Mm. Um, but then the, the the problem with that, for, in his point of view, I don't agree with this, but this was... It actually made sense of it, was that suddenly everyone was spending 40 million on players and he was like, well, hang on. When he brought the club, he only dreamed of spending 15 million on players, for example. Mm-hmm. So... I think that, and you look at this summer. He has he spent what forty million on Joe Linton, uh Maximum, I think, was sixteen million. I think he spent twenty million on Almiron in January. This season, he spent his money again. It was another one. I, I couldn't be bothered to argue with them because they know much more about Newcastle than I ever will. Yeah. But I wanted again. I wanted to say to the fans, what is the end game? Because you want him out, okay? What if he doesn't go? Which he's presumably not going to because he's got a business that that can make him money what do you want from him in, in the mean like if he's going to be there what do you want him to do because I'd, based on this summer alone it can't be financial because he actually spent quite a lot this summer I, I understand completely before this summer but it just seemed a bit of a weird time to have a protest um, if expenditure was the only reason there, there may, there's probably a hundred other reasons that I don't know mm. so I'm not going to say they're yeah, wrong doing it but I mean it's not really the time and place to ask them when you're having a drink before the game in the pub yeah but, no. Probably wouldn't go down well either. No, I mean, they're all right. They're really friendly people, Geordies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, look, the only thing I, I could think is what, as what you just said, you know, like he's thinking, fuck, like $40, $50 million on players. You're kidding. And it's almost like he's, I, I don't know how rich he is. I, so I don't know the guy, um, you know, yeah, yeah, has he got a shitload of money? I, I don't know. But it's almost like he's bitten more off than he can chew. Um, so uh, he's just floating along. He's he's kind of made a career out of businesses that are going a bit shit and improving them and, and not really spending fortunes on them and just getting them to make money. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's brought Newcastle with the same the same thoughts Mindset. and then suddenly 
buying this investment, that investment. And again, I don't know if he takes money out of the club. That could be another reason they're protesting. I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if anyone knows. As I said, there could be a million reasons that they're protesting and, and I'm not in a position to say whether they're right or wrong. Okay. Um, Sugar Daddy says, I thought Maitland-Niles and Chambers were two of Arsenal's top five players yesterday. Do you feel that once healthy, Holding and Hector just come back into their spots in the lineup? If Chambers and uh, Maitland-Niles can replicate those performances in the coming weeks? I mean, look, with Ainsley, it's always been consistency. He's he's had amazing games at right back last year, and then he's had absolute shitters where everyone's been moaning at him the whole time. So, the the best Bellerin is more effective than the best Maitland Niles if they both had a ten out of ten game. So, again, it depends on Hector's level of performance and how fit he is when he comes back because it's not like you just come back and you're at your old level straight away. It takes a while. Um, but Hector will pretty much always be above him unless unless Niles improves massively in both consistency and level of performance. Holding, uh, I think he's, I think he's probably got a bit of a harder job to come back in. He's obviously been out for longer. Uh, he wasn't as established as Bellerin is. Like I mean, I know he was starting, but Bellerin's been a starter for what three, four years now. Holding was probably a starter for six or seven games under Emery before the injury. Um, but as I said I don't know if Chambers is going to hold that spot anyway so he's saying oh, is, is holding going to take that spot back off Chambers Look, Chambers has, has, as I said got an audition but if if Emery sticks with him instead of David Luiz then two of them audition games at, at Tottenham and Liverpool fucking it ain't, it ain't a nice one it's not a nice chance to be given but then if he does well in them games then you'll presume he holds his spot long term so it is going to be completely up to him, but he's got he's got a tough, tough job. We spoke quickly last week about the podcast on the BBC Live, and I listened to the whole thing as well. Um, Chambers and Holding, I think it was Chambers I was talking to, and he said, mate, we're really, really great mates, us two, and I would dream to start um, with Holding week in, week out. So that's, that was type of good to hear that, oh, obviously, they're going to do that, but... They want they they'd be their good mates come up through the ranks together and they they dream to play for Arsenal start Arsenal together so don't know if it'll happen though yeah, they'll probably get their moments uh, Halls and Marble their defensive shape was good but is this the new beginning or not I I think again look, I always go on and about systems. I think because we wasn't as expansive going forward because we didn't have the players, it was a more workland-like performance. I mean, we had a 10 in Willock, and again, I thought he was the best player on the pitch while he was there, so this is not me criticising him. He is he he helps, he gets back more. And people obviously always say that's what they want to see from Ozil, or whoever usually plays 10, but generally Ozil. And Willock done that. He, he had much more of a defensive contribution. On the flip side of that is he created pretty much nothing. And, and with Ozil, he... He does less of the defending, more of the creating. So it was just a different way of doing things. I think the system was better, but I think that system was due to the players involved. I think if you come back next week and you've got Aubameyang and Pepe on the wings with Lacazette up front, and Ozil was a 10 with, I don't know, Xhaka and Torreira or Guendouzi and Torreira, whoever the two are behind him, you can pick any two of our midfielders, that defensive shape is going to completely change. So I think it was a result of who was playing rather than... than any particular improvement because we've seen all pre-season that we've still been shy and nothing would have changed in the last six days. Uh, Vinny Yak 
AFC, what's our best midfield three and our first choice centre-back pairing when everyone is fit? For me, like again, when I've just gone, when I said to you earlier, like how many of that eleven played in, a, in, in play in our strongest team, I had my back two pairing as um, Holden and Socrates. Obviously, mm. David Luiz is a bit of unknown. He, he's, look, he's probably better than Lou, uh, than Holden at the moment, but the experience and obviously fitness plays a huge part. Um, whereas Holden, you've got the the potential ceiling how good he could be and and you need to give him minutes to reach that potential so it's a bit of a tough one there midfield free i think it completely depends game by game if you've got a game where you're going to expect to have a lot of the ball and you want to create chances in tight spaces you kind of go more four two three one and, and put ozil in as a 10 uh if you're going to flat free in a game where it's going to be tough in the middle a lot of hard work Torreira has to play um it, it's all going to completely depend on who we play, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, my centre-back would probably be David David Luiz. Starts with holding. I'm not a Socrates fan at all. A bit hot-headed for me. You guess um, what? He's just, I don't know, he just does a bit hot-headed. Bit no, what did you say? I didn't hear you. He's a bit hot-headed for me. Oh. Just a bit... Does, I always worry that he's going to do silly, not not silly like Mustafi because he, you know, I'm not never putting him on that level, but just I worry about. I, I don't know what his cards are like. He's yellow and red. Reds. So I don't. Actually, I've probably been a bit harsh on him, but he, no, no, he did. He got a lot of yellows last year. I again, everyone that listens knows this. I don't concern myself with yellow cards because there is there is such a thing as a good yellow card, and he gets a lot of them. Um, I think that's my think, worry that he's going to go a little too far in the red. No, I mean, look, he got he got sent off once last season in a game that could have cost us the Europa League, and I'll criticise him then for he made poor errors of judgment. Mm. But in general, someone getting booked doesn't concern me. It depends on the reason they get booked, and when it's like if you stop an attack on the edge of the area when they're going to go through two on one, and you get a booking and they get a free kick, I'll, I'll clap you for that. And I'm not just saying that about Socrates. Anyone that's ever been anywhere near me at a game always knows that I just, I basically spend the whole game anytime anyone's counterattacking, shouting, fouling. Like, I'm a big advocate of breaking the attack up as soon as possible. And if that means getting booked, so be it. Mm, okay. I literally, I can't remember what game. I was at a game last season and one of my friends wasn't with me. Yeah. And he, he was away, I think. And he texted me after the game and he was like, when they scored, I could just hear in my head you shouting, foul him, foul him, foul him, foul him, foul him. <laughs> that is literally what I do when a team counterattacks against us. Yeah, okay. I'm, 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 yeah, look, I, I don't mind a foul, but I just, I worry that he's, he does them fouls that, you know, obviously going to cost him yellow cards, mean the red cards in important games, and then, and, and then penalties. I, I, I would, I probably should have looked at stats before I said this, but. Uh, off the top of my head I, I, look, I'm not going to be exactly right he definitely got sent off once mm. um, he got sent off in a pre-season friendly which one was never a sending off and two I really don't care about um, but he got sent off once in a proper game in Europa League and I don't think he gave away a penalty last season again could mm. be wrong I remember Holton giving away a penalty I remember Mustafi giving away a penalty I remember Xhaka giving away a penalty two penalties I don't remember Socrates giving away any giving away a penalty yeah. Um, MWA Gunner, what do you think 
the club's plans are is with the Birmingham Lacazette signing a new contract. Do you think the club generally want to keep two top-class strikers or will they sell one for more money? Aubameyang's value won't go up by giving him a new contract because of his age. I mean, it'll go up a minor, minor amount. So I can't see that being the case with him. Um, I, I don't really think it'll be the case with Lacazette either. Um, but again, you've got to protect your asset. Even regardless of what the plan is, whether they're thinking of selling him or keeping him, you can't let him run run that down to the last year. So they may not even have a plan for what they're going to do long term with him. Um, but it's just like we know he's worth more on a, he's better to us on a long contract than he is on a short one so I'd imagine they're just protecting themselves either way and, and they'll make a decision when it comes to it there's rumours again don't know how true it is that Lacazette's got uh, wanted a clause or got a clause in his contract that if we don't make Champions League we agree to let him go to the Champions League for X amount okay. again don't know what X amount is don't even know if it's true but that was a report going around um so we'll see, but so they're just. I think as far as I think they're just protecting their asset. Okay. Uh, MWA Gunner says, "How do you think Emery will rotate with left backs? Nacho looked good, but the club has spent big on Tierney, um, and you have Klozanac. Where, uh, where, who's de- decent as a wing back? Look, it's gonna. It, a lot's gonna depend on how good Tierney is for us. We we don't know. We look, he's good as we assume he's gonna be." He's going to play the, the major first-team games. Then the Europa League and the, and the Carabao Cup and maybe the FA Cup until the later stages, we'll see other guys come in. So you only come into a new league, won't be able to play every game anyway. Um, like just the pace of the Premier League and, and how different it is, the fitness it requires. Um, and as well, I mean, look, the Scottish League is, is hard in terms of physicality because the pitches are shite. And the quality is kind of, I mean, the quality is terrible, but they make up for it by running a lot. Um, but at Celtic, you can have rest because you're 5-0 up after 20 minutes every week. So if, if it starts getting a bit hard, like you start getting a little bit tired, just chill for 10 minutes. No problem. You can't do that in the Premier League because you're going to be, more often than not, especially with us, in the 70, by the 70th minute, there's only going to be one goal in it. So you can't switch off. If you're one goal up, you can't switch off because it's suddenly one all. And if you're one goal down, obviously, you have to keep pressing forward to get the equaliser. So um, Tierney's not going to be able to, to play all the time. But I would imagine, as I said, if he's anywhere near the level we're all expecting, he's going to be the first choice to go to man. And then the others are going to be playing for position. Did I read somewhere, and I don't follow the, the Scotland um, national team, but did I read somewhere that he kept some somebody else out of that position in, for the national team? I, I mean, he's played there ahead of Robertson at times, Robertson, or one of right. one of them's played on the wing. I mean, the Scot- Scot- Scottish fans describe it as they've got two world-class players and they're both in the same position. I wouldn't describe Tierney as world-class, mm. but they know more about him than I do. Um, but because of that, they, they kind of try and fit them in, and, and obviously both of them can cross the ball. Um, so, and they've both got energy, they're both decently quick. So sometimes they'll play one at left-back and one at left-wing. No, that makes sense. Um, okay, interesting. Mustafi wasn't in the squad. Do you reckon he'll be sold before September or in January? I don't try and sell him in September, whether anyone gives anywhere near. I don't think they'll sell him if the like. Say they they valued him at just put a number on it, fifteen million. There's probably they probably want more, but 
they won't sell in for the sake of selling them. If someone offers seven and we value them at 15, then they're not going to sell in. But if someone offers anywhere near the kind of money we're, we're expecting, uh, he'll go this window. It, it all depends on other clubs. But if I was another club, because Arsenal made it so clear that he's not got a future here, if I was another club, I'd take the piss. I'd be offering stupid, like, silly money. I'm just going to say, I reckon, and this is just a fucking bold prediction, and I'm pretty good at these. If Roma have not bought a centre-back come deadline day in September, I wouldn't be surprised he ends up there. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying we're linked with him now, but we are, Roma are in a desperate need of a centre-back. They're linked with a few at the moment, and I just think to myself, it'd be my fucking luck that Mustafi ends up at Roma. Uh, MWA Gunner, uh, how do you think Ozil and Klozenac's situation should be dealt with and who uh, were at disadvantage because of the two of our main players aren't able to play for non-football reasons? Um, I can go into this if you want. Because <laughs> it's type of my... I, I do a lot of this in my field as well, so... But anyway, Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you'll have a, a viewpoint on it. Mine is that we don't. Two men have been arrested. We don't know if that's the end of the investigation or if it's a whole big picture. Look, we don't really know what's going on. The police are always going to keep their reports confidential. Arsenal have said they won't be making further comment on it. We know two men have been arrested. We don't. We don't know any more than that. It could be all over. As I said we don't know. Um, in ter- I, I, look, the club would have probably left it up to them if they want to travel or not, and if. Uh, I think they've done the right thing. Or they would have left it to the police, more than likely. Uh, they, they would have said between the players, do you want to travel, and, and the police reports, because they know the full circumstances. If I was them, I wouldn't travel. I, I think anyone with family would take out its Ozil, because I've seen people, and it really pissed me off, actually, who go, oh, Ozil doesn't travel up north again. Fuck off. Like, if your family's in danger, if your family's in danger, anyone half-decent, you look out for your family first. Let's be honest. I, I follow Arsenal everywhere, home away, across Europe. If my family's in danger, I wouldn't consider moving. Like, I'd be at home. There's no, it's not even a question. So I, I think the player's probably done the right thing. Uh, what more can Arsenal do? That That is all they can do. They can't do anything more. They can make sure the player's happy. There's no point making them go to Newcastle anyway. If if he's, if Kolasinac is on the pitch thinking shit, someone's trying to break into my house. Is my wife okay? I don't know if he has kids. I don't think he does, but are my family okay? He's not going to be able to play anyway. The night, Imagine the night before in the hotel and you're ringing your house at three o'clock in the morning every ten, like every hour. It's not it's good. It's out. not good. It's not good. And and these players, like I, I feel for them because they're obviously being targeted. I don't know. I, I was reading lots, a fair few articles over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, the car mugging thing is was actually, and this is all reports that I've just been reading, so I, I don't actually know how true it is. But, you know, it's it's the the car thugging thing was a gang and they're actually being targeted by a gang and the gang's saying that, hey, we're going to take everything in your house. That that was just the warning in the, in the thing, you know. So I don't even know what it's all about. Obviously, I don't know whether there was some, some conflict that's happened between Ozil and Klozenac with this gang somewhere along the lines. I would imagine. Speculation, I don't I would know. Imagine, just to, I would imagine, because the two guys that were arrested were Turkish, I would imagine it's something to do with Ozil's links with the Turkish, either president or prime minister. I don't know what role they have there. Yeah, because he's yeah. a very controversial man. And obviously he was Ozil's best man. Ozil's very good friends of him. 
Yeah. And look, I mean, mixing with politics is always a bit dangerous for anyone, especially mm. as a high profile figure. So I would imagine, I don't know, but putting two and two together, I may be getting 800, but I also might be getting four. Yeah, no, mate, you probably hit them. You probably hit it on the head, to be honest with there. Uh, you, you, as, as you said, you protect your family. They'd have round round the clock security on them. Um, everywhere they go, you know, it's, it's not a nice nice thing. It's, and nobody wants that. So, and you know, you go back to who would you play for? Like, you, you worry about playing for Arsenal, or do you worry about your family? Well, mate, everybody everybody's assets about protecting their family so that, that's more important yeah it's, so. it's not even that like when you're on the pitch you'll probably be alright but as I said they go away the day before so you're in a hotel and you get a, a text at one in the morning like you wouldn't put your phone on silent because your family are potentially in danger mm. you get a text at one in the morning you hear half of your phone vibrate while you sleep you automatically shit yourself mm. like that's just not the frame of mind to do anything in nah um, nobody wants to be like that much uh, and then on the, the second part of his question is like well what happens to Arsenal because it's a non-footballing reason I don't Unfortunately, what else can happen? What what do, what do you want to happen? Like, it, it's very unfortunate. Well, look, I'll, I'll add on that that maybe and just maybe these DC United reports are true. Maybe his wife's had enough and wants to get out. But if it's similar to what you were saying, Tony, with politics and the, and that, how do they know? It'll be the same everywhere. It'll be the same everywhere. So I don't know. He's he's in it. Feel for the poor bugger. Actually, you know, like he's in a really, really, really sticky situation. And, and by all accounts, again, I don't know if this is true, but Ozil's not missed training and Kalasanach has. So, are now people gonna? Look, I'm not saying the DC report. I don't believe the DC United reports. I think people thought I'd be getting Rooney out and they need another star name. That's. I think people have put two and two together and, and got it all wrong. But are people now going to start making up stories about Kalasanach going as well? Because apparently he's missed training through this. Because there was two uh, threats, reports of two threats late last week. I think Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday, Thursday, and Kalasnach wasn't in training one of them days, or well, wasn't seen coming into training. He may have come in the back door or whatnot, but he wasn't spotted coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so is uh, that then think, is, is now Kalasnach off? I think the look, everybody needs to chill out. I think the club's doing exactly what the biz in the best interest of these two players the players are maybe they they are saying look this is serious guys so I, you know if, if I don't see Ozil and Klozenich back for a good couple of weeks until all this is sorted well so be it it's, you, you can't rush this stuff you, you know you, you just can't it's just just what it is it's shit but it's just what yeah, it is yeah well yeah that, that, that's the perfect play I mean as I said MWA Gunner said well Arsenal are losing two of their players for non-footballing reasons but what more can you do? Like, you can't do nothing. What, what does he want? The games to be postponed? Mm. That's obviously not going to happen. No. Like, I, I don't understand. I, I agree. You put it perfectly. It's an unfortunate situation that takes a while to sort out, but there's nothing else anyone could do about it. No, 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 it is. Um, do you think Aubameyang uh, would best uh, would beat Henry's record if he was younger? Um. There'd be a very good chance. Aubameyang, he's not—he never would have been as good of a player. Armory was a great all-round player, um, but as a goal scorer, a, a raw out-and-out goal scorer, he's comparable. He, you have to put him in the same conversation. Mm, uh, so, so it would be tight. I wouldn't want to say either way, yes or no. But he—he's he, never the, the quality of player Omri was. I mean, Omri got. One season, I think he won the Golden Boot and won the assists as well. And he's, he's that season, he still holds the Premier League assist record. 
to do that alongside scoring the most goals as well is absolutely insane. Mm, so, yeah, I mean, Aubameyang never at that level, but pure out-and-out goal scoring, give or take. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, obviously, it would never be able to be proved, but he, he's in that region. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ghost of MAA. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. <laughs> Just stick to one account, man. Very eager. Um, how do you think the team should be set up to suit Mkhitaryan? Ooh. Just move on. This is a ridiculous question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how pissed did Tony get on Saturday night? And also, what kit was he wearing for the game, says Lewis? Uh so I wore the home kit because I've not brought the away kit. I was waiting for the mythical third kit, which we've now has been released. Um, so I wore the home kit, and yeah, um, I, I was I was merry on Saturday night or Sunday morning, whatever you want to look at. It. It's just it's just stupid cheap. I mean, I, don't, I know you don't really want a review of my weekend, but if you like alcohol and like getting drunk, I would I would advise Newcastle. <laughs> Um, heck on last actually this is at 10pm so the night's just like not even really started yet I see a girl sitting in her own sick on the floor outside McDonald's eating McDonald's and that is Newcastle for you they just go for it mate honestly it's like it's so because their deals on drinks are so cheap it's so easy to get drunk at all times and I, I don't know if people just can't handle it she might not have been from Newcastle she might have come from somewhere else and be like oh look how cheap drink is I'm going to get loads of them and then obviously that yeah, was cheap, yeah cheap is it I mean I'm obviously used to London prices so they just tend to do things in bigger measure oh so okay there's one bar that there well there's a few bars but one I went to that uh, you get free trebles of like vodka JD whatever spirit free trebles for a fiver yeah, okay. Shit, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the worst alcohol. It's probably like vodka paint stripper, gin paint stripper. Like, I'm not saying it's good quality alcohol. But, it's not going to be free triple great goose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cheap and there's a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Um, how the flying fuck was none of the Newcastle players booked? Just how... We got booked for everything. Well, we got two yellow, three yellow cards, but as Tony said, Greenwich's one was a bit silly to start with. Um, there was only the one for Newcastle, though. There probably could have been another one or two. Yeah, off the top of my head, I only remember one that looked quite bad on Granite. Again, I've not seen it. It was like quite near the end, maybe 80-odd minute, that looked quite bad. But um, as I said, I didn't come out feeling like there was a massive injustice, but I've seen quite a few people say this, so maybe I've just glossed over things or because I didn't see him as close because in Newcastle you're fucking 10 million miles away from the pitch that I didn't realise like just how bad or the detail of how bad the tackles are because, as I said, I've seen a few people say it. Um, how was the week one of VAR? We touched on that. Um, that RC fellow with the Don Royal <laughs> now in charge of transfers... How much do you reckon he'll get for Mustafi? Surely it's got to be at least 50% more than Gazidis would have dreamed of. What do you reckon the figure is there? Uh, 20. Yeah. All right. 20, 20 on a good day, 15 on deadline day. 
I don't know. I don't know. How, it depends how desperate Arsenal feel to sell. It depends what stance Arsenal are taking. If Arsenal are taking the, we, we would happily let him go. But if he's here, no, no big deal. Then mm. the price doesn't change on deadline day. If Arsenal was uh, taking a, we're desperate to get him out deal, then we're probably going to get fucked on deadline day. Mm-hmm. So it all depends. The thing is, I think Raúl, even if he has the attitude of we need to get rid of him at all costs, he always has the attitude and the persona like he makes it look like, oh yeah, fuck it, we'll keep him. Fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then that's what drives the prices up. And uh, similarly, when we're buying a player, he'll act like uh, we'll walk away. Like look at Tierney. It was offer, 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 always every day about Tierney. And then we didn't hear anything for two weeks. And then suddenly, like, oh, okay, we don't care. Keep him. You, Because like, you know how much 25 million is to Celtic. So, all right, miss out on 25 million. No problem. And then on <laughs> deadline day, oh, here's 25 million. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nah, he is pretty clever. Very clever. Ruthless. I like it. Uh, what were the top five moments for the banter era? Uh, it's up to you how you interpret the question. Either good moments like winning trophies or ridiculous moments that made us a joke of a club. Fuck knows. I've yeah. got no idea. I should probably I'm read those gonna... before. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go to the three FA Cups as one, two and three just because I can't be asked to think of anything else. Um, signing Ozil, signing Sanchez. That is the laziest answer I've ever given, but... <laughs> it's, yeah, we didn't really... No, because, I mean, look, someone's uh, going to answer this, or if people comment on this, they're going to go offering 40 million and a pound for Suarez, but I'll maintain to my dying day we've done nothing wrong. But people go, oh, typical Arsenal, Banton Club. No, what it is, you don't actually know what happened. So you've made an assumption, and then you've stuck with it for years, despite everyone telling you what actually happened. You know, top five, look, I'm just writing that question, you know, top five moments of the banter era um, but I don't know enough if it's in the banter era or not <laughs> but you know what Jack Wilshere always comes to mind and ev- when everyone's fucking having a shot at us like Jack Wilshere got injured again on the weekend and somehow yeah. it was still linked to us oh, did he go off injured? yeah he went off injured 9-8th minute what's wrong with him? Yeah, um I don't think it was. I think it might have been ankle. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. I think it was ankle, yeah. But, uh, you know, and that was linked to us again. I'm like, oh, fucking, yeah. That's just one that stands out. And I don't know if it's top five, but yeah. Oh, and Ozil. He's another one that sticks out too. Only because of the wages and all that shit, you know. Um, create a Premier League. Five-a-side team from players from 2000s. <laughs> like, does anyone really want to listen to me making a five-a-side team from the Premier League for the last 20 years? I don't know. I... Yeah. <laughs> Is that... <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking as I'm going, fuck, I don't know. I might... Uh, look, I'll tell you what, that question, we might throw that out on our Twitter. We'll retweet that for you, MAA Gunner, and we'll get everybody else to comment on it And because I've got nothing at the moment. Uh, Seaman, Omri, Ronaldo, Rio, Ferdinand, and Vieira. 
So you're going to mic me so one, are you? <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't particularly care, but I feel bad for not answering questions. So. <laughs> okay. Um, no questions. Um, says that the very minds, he's just saying, uh, I think we did perfectly all right, barring in mind it's the first game of the season. The young boys managed to scrape off a win, but but you lot need to discuss Mkhitaryan. Why is he so sloppy with his passes? He had just good ball over the top of the entire game. Yeah, just that good ball. So he's talking about that one good ball. Yeah. Pretty much we covered it all, though, haven't we? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Almarin? 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 Miron? Uh, he, until Maximum came on, he looked like their only bright spark. He didn't actually do anything apart from dive. But he looked like the only one that was anywhere near capable. Um, there was another time he actually pissed Maitland-Niles down their left or right, obviously, and got him inside and crossed it. And I don't think anything came from it. I think Jacques cut it out on the edge of the box. But it's, it's hard to tell on that performance what I really think of him. because yeah, Well, you watched him last season a little bit. Yeah, no, look, I, I think he's maybe a level above New... It depends. We don't know how good Newcastle are. Mm, I was saying to true. someone yesterday that it's hard to rate results of this week because there's always a team that surprisingly does well and a team that surprisingly does shit. So we could say, oh, Newcastle weren't great yesterday, 1-0 isn't a great result, but then they could potentially, they could have a surprise season and come eighth, and then suddenly a 1-0 win away is, is a decent result. Mm. Um, it's always hard in the first week of the season like that but I'd say in general Almiron is probably a level above is that level between like not the top six but not the bottom six he's, he's around and, he's around Everton yeah but that's that. that is that kind of level between sixth and, and 14th but then are Newcastle in that or are they, are they in the bottom six that's what I'm saying until we know Newcastle's level I would generally say he's a level above Newcastle but then, as I said, if Newcastle came 12th, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, fucking hell, I didn't see that coming. Mm, yeah, not true. But, yeah, he's probably between 6th and 10th. Well, the question, he goes on and says a little bit more, uh, would he be someone we should be adding to our midfield in January when the team need to inject the creativity and energy? Not, not for me. Nah. Was that the bloke Schwinn was a big fan of? Or was it another kid? No, that was Barker. Oh, OK. Um, look, I think he's he's adapted to the Premier League well, which surprised me. Because coming from America, you always think to yourself, "How will he go?" But I think he went. I think he went pretty well. I, I think, yeah, well. I agree, and I think he's also benefiting from he's an exciting type of player. So because you enjoy watching him, yeah. you kind of get the he, like he might. I don't know the numbers, but he might not have got any goals or many assists, and he's not really affected the game. But because he's exciting to watch. Like the one I always go on about, I love Adama Traore. I really enjoy watching him. The guy scores no goals and never gets assists. But mm. you don't think of him in a negative light because he's exciting. Yep, yep. No, no, I know him, mate. Uh, Vish says, really happy with the boys' performance today. For once, I will not be critical of the team, but I will say we will be really exciting to watch. The ref, though, was it just me or was he reluctant to book the Newcastle players for the constant fouls and roughing up our boys that's the second question we've had on that I saw a lot of tweets about it yesterday to be fair 
Uh, Chambers and Socrates look decent today. However, I think we need to bring in Lewis and Socrates for Burnley. So that's his centre-backs. Uh, in order to build a partnership to take on Liverpool and Spurs, he makes a fucking really good point there. That's lazy gooner. Because I never thought of that. Them two coming up in, well, yeah, Burnley, then Liverpool, Spurs, isn't it? So, uh, I do, don't. For me, that's the reason I keep the two together. You, so James. you go, yeah, the two that we've got now. Yeah, I did think about that, but that's more the reason I kept them together. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you agree or do you think we should keep with the small partnership of Chambers and Socrates have built? I say You say small. I mean, I don't know their heights, but there can't be more than an inch or two between Louise and Chambers. And I'd say Louise is obviously a million times better with the ball, but he's also much more likely to make a mistake than Chambers. So you're kind of, kind of oh. 50-50 on it. I think I, tr- I trust Louise in bigger games. More so, fuck, I don't know. No, I think Louise is better. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not, but the partnership, Louise is notoriously difficult to build a partnership with because he doesn't know what he's going to do, so you've got fucking no chance. <laughs> and when you're talking about like stepping up in line and stuff like that, I, I think he'll stick with what he knows. Mm. Yeah, he probably, he probably will. Okay, well, that's it. That is all our questions done and fucking dusted. And thank you, everybody. And for you good people who want to get in next week at clock end underscore talk, about two hours after the game is finished, or it could be an hour, it could be 10 minutes, who knows. But Oliver was running our Twitter feed last night, and he's going to do a few more on the match um, match stuff as well. So. Uh, because I'm just absolutely too lazy to do it at fucking 1am in the morning, so it suits me to pass it over to Oliver. So. Um, who also, he runs, he's with the boys and the blog, and they do all that stuff with Craig and David, and uh, we've got a big team, actually, haven't we? There's a few of them there. Um, anyway. I wasn't invited into that WhatsApp group. <laughs> Sorry? I don't know, I wasn't invited into that WhatsApp group. <laughs> don't start. Um... Well, am I in it? Oh, I'll add, I'll add you in a minute. No, I'll answer the question. Am I in it? No, you're not. See, they don't trust me here. Because <laughs> you're not a writer. So you don't get well, not, the I agree with you. <laughs> nah. um, how, many, how many articles have you written for the website? I'm, I'm, I'm the... Um... No, that's not an answer. Give me a number. <laughs> None. Oh, okay. <laughs> None. I might have wrote one. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't write articles either. But I'm the... What can I be called? I'm the general. I'm the captain of the ship, mate. I fucking organise the ship. So I've got to tell these boys what, to keep these boys in line. Um, <laughs> I understand you don't trust me. <laughs> okay. Uh, new, uh, where are we now? Arsenal, Burnley. Um, you want to do a quick predicted lineup, and we'll do a quick prediction while we're here as well. Yeah, just, I mean, obviously I'm not going to do a prediction. Did anyone get it, Get their predictions right? Obviously right. people are sending it to you. Hence why I put it to you for a minute while I had a look. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, so my team, my lineup uh, is the same keeper and back four as yesterday. Uh, Xhaka Torreira, because I think they need to give Torreira minutes before the big two big games coming up. Aubameyang... Pepe and Lacazette that leaves one position and I will say Ozil but obviously we don't know about the the situation um, 
the security wise. So I'm going to say Ozil now, but obviously that could be completely wrong just due to him not being involved at all. Did you say Lacazette there? Sorry, I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Pepe Lacazette, Bamiyan. Okay. Um, so just on that, so everybody, and I actually got some very late ones for the predictions who come through. Uh, so you can get your predictions now for the Burnley game to me at Gunatez, and nobody got it right. Not one person. Bunch of idiots. <laughs> the closest was probably Craig at 2-0. So he was the only one. Oh, no, there was Sandeep and Leo, or Lionel. Uh, they all said 2-0. I think I said, yeah, I said 3-1. Fucking way off. Fucking way off. Um, so, yeah, all wrong. Fucking hopeless, you can't. Fucking hopeless. Oh, and see Vish the cheating cunt on fucking Fantasy League. What a cheating nope, cunt. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody cares because, we're, believe it or not, we've actually got about 150 people in it. So there's a lot of interest in our fantasy league. <laughs> I know you keep saying no one cares. But just to touch on that quickly, Vish is leading that. He got 100 points, cheating bastard. Um, my prediction for Burnley... I'll worry about Burnley. I, they're, they're dangerous. Um, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think they'll definitely score against us. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go two-one. Keep it simple, keep it safe. I think. Um, Alright, I think that's about it, mate. Cool. You happy? Nothing more to talk about. No. Alright, we'll be back after the Burnley game, and good stuff. And thank you for following us at Clockend underscore Talk. Uh, thank you for everything and all your interactions and whatnot. Um, and yeah, that's us. We might do a Patriot show next week or something. We'll see because I do know a couple of the Patriot people were saying when's the next show coming out. Um, and I keep saying I've got plans in the works, but I haven't really told Tony what them plans are. So. They don't trust me with anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's only because I haven't got any plans yet. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you everybody and good night. Thank you.